after a bad night's sleep, not only did the spouse find it difficult to judge their partner's emotions, in other words, to step in their partner's shoes, so to speak, but it was also difficult for their partner to read them in turn. Is it possible that you can actually improve your marriage with a good night's sleep? New research says yes. Dr. Noel Nelson explains. Stay tuned. Get a gift for yourself and give one to someone else. When you join any level of the Hitch Wine Club right now during the 2013 holiday season, we'll give you a free single bottle gift basket that's stuffed with other goodies such as artisanal chocolates, olives, and more. The gift basket is a $60 value and it can be yours for free. You can of course keep it for yourself or you can just let us know who to send it to. Where else can you buy yourself wine and scratch someone else off your Christmas list? Take advantage of this special holiday offer right now by visiting hitchmag.com and clicking the Wine Club link. Happy holidays! Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined once again with the always lovely Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, so, Noelle, uh, for those of you catching this show for the first time, is a relationship expert, popular speaker, uh, and author of many books. Uh, she just released a new one. It's called Got a Bad Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work, and it is available on Kindle readers. Um, or, you know, through the Kindle app. Uh, but uh, we're going to steer away from the business stuff for the moment, and we're going to talk um, the business of a good marriage and how that can be, a, that, how that can be achieved um, with a good night's sleep. Uh, this is really – it's a really interesting topic, Noel. Uh, how could something as ordinary as a good night's sleep possibly improve a marriage? Well – for starters, Steve, there's nothing ordinary about a good night's sleep. Um, statistics alone show that about 25% of our population suffer from some kind of sleep disorder, which means not a good night's sleep on a regular basis. And most of us have known toss and turn nights or not enough hours spent sleeping for whatever reason, you know, babies, worry, anxiety, all the rest of it. So a good night's sleep is something to be treasured always. Now, that being said... <laughs> Recent research, which I found utterly fascinating is why I wanted to talk about this. Um, 78 couples were studied over a two-week period, and they showed that even a single night's poor sleep was associated with increased relationship conflict the next day. And wow. only one person in the couple had to have poor sleep one night for the relationship to, has to suffer, basically. So, so, yeah, this isn't a myth. <laughs> so even if you have uh, like seven nights of good sleep and you have that one night of bad sleep, you can pretty much expect that next day uh, it's going to be a little tougher on the relationship then? That is correct. That wow. is correct. And so the good news, of course, is the flip side, Steve, which is mm -hmm. that better sleep encourages better relationships. 
So, you know, there's an easy fix to relationship unhappiness that is associated with you didn't get a good night's sleep. Yeah. But in any case, going back to that whole issue of poor sleep, I mean, that's what we're we're yeah. starting with. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean, so what does that single so what does it impact directly? Well, there are basically four things. Okay. And the first one would be less empathy. And we know what empathy is. Empathy is basically the ability to put yourself in your spouse's shoes, to have some sense of what they're feeling or thinking, that kind of thing. Well, the worse couples slept in this study, Mm -hmm. the less empathy they showed towards their partners. And it worked both ways. After a bad night's sleep, not only did the spouse find it difficult to judge their partner's emotions, in other words, to step in their partner's shoes, so to speak, but it was also difficult for their partner to read them in turn. Mm. So isn't that interesting? That's fascinating. It went both ways. Yeah. So the empathy factor, if you will, dropped, not just you're not read. let's say I'm the bad, the one that had a bad night's sleep. Yeah. So not only am I having trouble reading my partner's emotions, but they are having trouble reading mine. So that was number one, less that, empathy. That's cr- that, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if it's because they're physically a little bit off or something, which is making it more difficult for the, for the person who had an okay sleep to read them. That's, that's interesting. I'm, yeah. I think that, sh- that probably would be it. Now, the second one is more negativity. Now, we all know there's always going to be bad feelings at some stage in a relationship or just, you know, in the middle of any ordinary day, there could be. But for a good relationship, we know from good old Dr. Gottman, who's kind of the guru of this, mm-hmm. that the the good stuff should should massively outweigh the bad feelings. And Gottman's rule of thumb was five to one. In other words, five positive feelings for one negative. Well, what's really interesting is when a partner slept poorly that ratio went in the wrong direction towards more negative feelings. So instead of expressing, in, in an overall good relationship, five mm-hmm. positive um, feelings or statements or whatever to one negative one, it would go the other way. There might be two, three, four negative ones for a single positive. Wow. So you can imagine, let's put, you can't step in your partner's shoes along with you're saying more negative things or feeling more negative things, and already you can see how the relationship is going to suffer. And mm-hmm. I'm not even down to points three and four yet. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I don't even want to hear the other two points, but go ahead. <laughs> hit us with them. Really? The third one that this study turned up is pretty obvious conflict resolution problems. In other words, when they're tired, couples find it harder to resolve their differences. And I feel like saying, no kidding. <laughs> Because when you're tired, your personal resources are already stressed. They're, they're already thin, if you will. So you can imagine that if you then have a conflict with your spouse, your, your personal resources to deal with the conflict are poor. Sure. Therefore, the ability to resolve the conflict is even poorer. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, and you can't even read them to give yourself a little help. There you go. And then the last one is selfishness. And the poor sleep basically can induce more selfish feelings in, mm. in oneself, if you're the one that didn't sleep so well, and they feel less able to appreciate and feel gratitude towards the other. And to me, Steve, that's the first line of survival defense. In other words, think about it. If you're starving, you have to get food in you, and mm. that's survival. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's selfish. Duh. 
if you're sleep deprived, you're going to be more selfish because, again, your basic survival thing hasn't been met. Yeah. So just unconsciously, I mean, you're not doing this on purpose, but unconsciously your being, your whole being, is, is going to go towards whatever aids personal survival, and that will be selfish. I mean, you just can't help it. So people don't think about it. They think, you know, oh, poor night's sleep. Okay, no big deal. But when it comes to your relationship, it has these, these factors in it that obviously are going to make it more difficult to be a happy camper. This is so fascinating, Noel. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. But you know what? I all I can hear is uh, my wife Jessica listening to this and seeing like, see, I told you I needed some sleep. It's for the betterment of our marriage. Uh, okay, well, she's right, <laughs> and she's right. Sorry to cut it like that. Uh, she's right. Uh, you always cut to the chase. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, so I used the- to be called the ninja therapist. Ah. I love it. I love it. I, how come you didn't brand that? We can work on this. I, I might. That might be part of your introduction now. The ninja therapist. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so there must be a whole lot of reasons, though, for a person having that bad night's sleep. I mean, you you brought up a couple of them in the beginning of this. Uh, everything from a bad day at work. Uh, there could be a toothache. Uh, it could be an argument with your spouse, and on and on. Right. So, I mean, do we need to tackle those things? Is it is this one a case of never go to bed bed angry, and now we have proof as to why that's the case? <laughs> well, they're just yes, but th- that's the short answer. Um, the longer answer is that there are a few things. Fortunately, just a very few that you that you can do that will help you ensure a good night's sleep. Now, there's sometimes you just can't avoid it. I mean, if there's a new baby in the house. You can't avoid it. Sure. It's well known that, you know, parents of, of little ones go through the first few years completely sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's the occasional emergency. But we're talking about in general taking care of yourself and your relationship in such a way that it, it isn't, a, how do I say this, a problem that you didn't know was there and you could so easily remedy that okay. kind of thing. Got it. So, yes, the old the old adage about don't go to bed angry is is true for a number of reasons and frankly, a good night's sleep is certainly one of them. So so you want to try to work out whatever conflict you may have had with your spouse to the best of your ability to get it to a certain point mm-hmm. so you know there's resolution coming. You don't it's hard sometimes. Some some subjects are big like infidelity or or you know, both of you dumped out of your jobs. There, there's some things that you can't resolve in one discussion. Sure. But you can get the, the discussion up to a certain place where you can feel that, all right, there is going to be a solution somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't just lie there fuming. Because you see, that's the, heart, that's the part that disrupts your sleep, is be- to just lie there obsessing. Yeah, because I've I've also uh, I know we've covered this uh, don't go to bed angry type thing from an opposite angle, which is uh, sometimes a, a night's sleep is what you need in order to get your wits back about you because you might be so emotional that you're just kind of spinning in circles that night. Absolutely. And so the idea is to get, know that's why you're taking the, the sleep or stopping the, the the discussion. Which which hopefully. Uh, you like I think you hit on the key point, which is getting to that point where you 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 recognize okay we're not going to solve it tonight, but we've gotten to this point where okay 
this is a good stopping place. I can rest on this. Um, you know, emotions are high. It might be tough to sleep that night, but it, it'll be better for and you. What I would encourage, yeah, what I would encourage is if you if you need to stop a, a conflict discussion at that point, because as you said, Steve, the emotions are running too high. Is you know, there's wonderful relaxation tapes available. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of free stuff on the web. And I would encourage if you're at that place is then to play one of those to help to soothe you to sleep so you have a chance of a good night's sleep. Mm. So you don't, you don't try to go to sleep with your emotions just raging. That's a great, that's a great idea. There's also apps and stuff for that too if you just have a yes. phone by you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they're wonderful. They're very helpful. Um, so, you know, I would suggest if you have to go to bed sort of in the midst of a conflict, so to speak, mm-hmm. is try to, to, has, to take care of yourself by using one of those relaxation apps or stress-reducing reduce, uh, tapes, whatever, something like that. Okay. Then the second one, okay. This is the one that most of us get caught up with, all right? It's that you're trying to go to sleep, but here it, your brain is just running with stuff from the day, mm. negative thoughts and emotions that have absolutely nothing to do with your spouse, mm-hmm. okay? Something that happened at work or you're worried about uh, a money thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing you can resolve. It's not like having a fight or a conflict or anything like that. It's, it's just negative junk running through your brain. Well, the best way I know to get rid of that is what I call the throw away your thoughts technique, okay. which is where... When you, before you close your eyes to go to sleep, you spend a few minutes letting yourself have whatever negative thoughts are bugging you, and you mentally toss them into an imaginary wastebasket at the far corner of your bedroom. And you say to yourself, I'm done with that for now, mm. period. And then whenever that thought wants to creep back into your head, you go, it's in the wastebasket. I'm done for now. So it's a nice form of self-talk, and it sounds like how stupid and how simple, but often these sort of simplistic techniques appeal to our subconscious mind, and that's the one that's keeping this thing running. Mm. And you just remind it. It's like, you know, on my Mac, there's a little trash thing sure. that you, you drag, your right? Uh-huh. So it's anything like that is the imaginary wastebasket stick at some d- distance from you, so at the other corner of the bedroom, not right next to you. <laughs> And you just toss those thoughts in there saying, I'm done with that. And surprisingly enough, it's very effective. So it's just a way that the brain can compartmentalize that stuff and then just kind of lock it away. Exactly. Yeah. And the subconscious loves imagery, loves symbols. Oh, okay. And so the, the symbol of a wastebasket and literally throwing, a, you know, crumpling the paper in your mind that has the thought on it and throwing it over there tells your subconscious we're done. I love the I love you bringing this up too that just the topic of uh not getting a good night's sleep not because of anything that's wrong within the marriage but life life gets in the way and oh, yeah. uh, so much so much emphasis gets put on fixing broken relationships and so little talk is done on we have a fine relationship uh but it's these other things that are making it more difficult than it needs to be because we don't have some of these life skills down and right. uh uh, that's why, I, yeah, I, I just love that you you brought this part of it up because we are we are busier than ever. I mean, <laughs> that's yes, a that is a that is a statistical fact. <laughs> so right, right, and people don't and exactly what you just said. People don't don't realize that you can have an otherwise thriving relationship, but if you keep dragging you know the rest of your your stuff into it, then unfortunately your relationship can suffer, and that's unfortunate. 
It, I mean, when you think about just like divorce rates and occupations, for example, that have high divorce rates, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's those like high stress jobs that have high divorce rates. And, you sure. know, I'm, I'm guessing they're not getting a lot of good night's sleep. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> And another reason why they may not be getting a good night's sleep, so number three on my little list here, uh-huh. is very tied into this, Steve. It's where you're lying awake thinking of stuff you have to do tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely classic. I, I, can't, I don't think there's a single one of our listeners that hasn't done that. I would say, <laughs> of, once. I would say of all <laughs> these things, that's the one um, that if, if I do have a bad night's sleep, that's the one that keeps me up right there. So... Here's a little, uh, again, a really easy thing you can do for that one is get into the habit of writing quick notes to yourself of what you need to do before you lay down to actually go to sleep. Mm. And I've, what I, I just keep a pad and a pencil by the bed because honestly, this stuff comes into my brain as soon as I want to go to sleep. Of course. I go, shoot. I got to So literally, I write it down. I just write it down. Then I have a little place I stick it so I'll pick it up on the way out of the bedroom the next morning because that way it's done. I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I've I've written down that I need to do that. And sometimes I will have turned off the light. I will have closed my eyes and the thought will come. I will turn on the light and I'll write the blankety blank thing down because otherwise it'll keep me up all night. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you have, if your partner's lying there and doesn't like you putting the light back on is a small flashlight works very well. Yeah. I have literally gotten out of bed and gone into the other room, turned on my computer, and started typing notes because I was like, "If You're I even more compulsive than I am, because <laughs> like if I sleep, I I'm pretty sure that I will forget about whatever idea that I had." Um, oh, absolutely. And and when I'm on, uh, when I'm when I'm not physically in bed, my go-to resource for this is my phone, and uh, I have an iPhone, so that's what I'm going to talk about. So I there's a you can tell Siri, the the virtual assistant, you can just tell Siri, make a note of blah, 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 and and Siri will automatically create that note for you um, and right. save it. Or the other one is um, the reminder, which I use all the time. And I say, you know, Siri, remind me tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. to blah, blah, blah. And you don't even have to be that specific about at 8 a.m., or you can also do it where you can say, uh, remind me tomorrow when I leave the house to su- such and such. And, and Siri um, will know because it's built into your phone, which has a GPS, it, it knows when you physically leave your house and it will trigger the alarm. So those are my, those are my technical tips for today. Well, and so in other words, Steve, what we're really sharing here is that there are many different ways that you can jot down, make a note of, remind, tell Siri the stuff you have to do tomorrow so you don't have to carry it around in your head all night. Correct. And and that's, I think, a marvelous feature of, of the technology today is that we do, even though our lives are busier and busier, we do have these assists, if you will, to help us lead a normal life anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and leading a normal life, part of that is getting a decent night's sleep. Yeah. It's funny, as we get uh, all these uh, technical advancements that improve our efficiency, we seem to pile twice as much stuff onto our plate, which makes it that much more difficult. Uh so, 
Um, That's the nature of the human spirit. Right, right. It's like, oh, well, I can handle oh, yeah. this, so let me see how far I can push it until I have That's a right. terrible night's sleep. Uh, That's right. So, and I'm, I do have one last one. Oh, you do? Oh, okay, good. I do. <laughs> oh, I'm just full of it today. I'm, I am, hey, anything that can help me get a better night's sleep, I'm, I'm down for. So let's do this. Well, this is somewhat similar to the relaxation apps and that kind of thing, is personally, I find that if I do some deep breathing and a little bit of kind of a meditative technique, mm-hmm. that will soothe me into sleep. And sometimes the meditation is as uh, primitive as just repeating to myself the word, sleep, 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 as I breathe, and I'll drift right off. Some people journal uh-huh. before they close their eyes. Some people pray before they close their eyes. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's kind of whatever works for you. But the idea is that you're disconnecting from the awake day with some small ritual or process that then allows you to transition into the sleep portion. Mm, okay. So, so establishing some sort of going to bed mm-hmm. ritual will sever whatever it was during the day that you've been working on. It's kind of like programming your body and mind that it's like, okay, now it's bedtime. Now it's sleep time. Uh, mm-hmm. You go through the paces and by the time you're done with that ritual, your body's kind of like broken free. Yep. And it's, and this can be really simple. I mean, really, have you thought of a meditative technique simpler than saying the word sleep? That's I mean, it, we're, we're talking really, really, none of this is uh, elaborate mm-hmm. unless that's your preference. I mean, if that's your preference, that's great. But really, I mean, if we took the, the, the whole thing very quickly, it'd be don't be angry before you go to bed. Try to get your, your conflicts static, if you will, to where you're okay. Um, jot your notes or go to your computer or tell Siri about whatever it is you have to do tomorrow and do a little, little if you take a few deep breaths and snuggle into your pillow and, you know, find a mantra or something rather that kind of just disconnects and soothes you and off you go. Mm. I heard, uh, I heard one, um, I can't remember where I heard this, but anyways, it was somebody who said to help sleep, they do math problems, um, and they, and they exponentially get harder. <clears throat> so they'll start mm-hmm. with like one plus one, one plus two, mm-hmm. two plus two, mm-hmm. two plus three, mm-hmm. three plus four. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of go, they go through that process solving those math problems. And by the time they hit like the 10th one, you know, their brain's mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, all right, mush, done. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Anything, it doesn't matter. It, these are, you know, highly personalized sure. uh, little, little approaches, but they'll work. They're great. Um, and so there's not a fifth one, right? No, that's (laughs) okay. So then I, I imagine getting enough sleep as far as the hours spent in bed is, uh, just as important, right? Yes, it is. And frankly, everybody has a different number of hours that works well for them. And, you know, by the time you're an adult, you should pretty much know what that is. (laughs) Okay. And quite frankly, Steve, these days, you may have to schedule it like you do anything else. I mean, we have become schedulers, if you will, all of us, because there's really no choice. So if you know you need eight hours, well, schedule yourself so that not only do you have those eight hours, but that you factored in, well, it takes me 30 minutes to get ready for bed. Mm. So that's eight and a half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
you know, you got to discipline yourself to stop doing whatever you do in the evening so you don't short yourself on those hours that you really, really need. Yeah. And quite frankly, you know, we're, we're our worst enemy in, in this regard. I can, for myself, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm one of those who can sit and read a book into the wee hours, literally, <laughs> especially if I read in bed. I mean, uh-huh. if I read in bed, it's all over. Cause, and, of course, the next day I'm dragging, I'm cranky, I'm, I'm just not fun to be around. So what I've done is um, I've disciplined myself that at night I get to read but in the living room. So ah. that way I make myself stop because, oh, okay, it's you know 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I got to stop and I just do. And that way I don't read the book until 2 or 3 in the morning. That – you know, it's – it's I, I'm – you know, I'm a total techno guy. Um, uh but I, when I get into the bedroom, um, 99% of the time, I don't bring anything with me. I go to the bedroom and I'm going to sleep. That's it. I don't, yep. I don't like any distractions. Although I, and that's smart. Unlike you, though, I I do have my books piled up next <laughs> next to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm just the opposite. If when I start reading in bed, I you know I get two pages deep and my eyes start getting real my eyelids get real heavy real fast uh, and that's very common a lot of people will do exactly that they'll read a couple of pages and they'll fall asleep on it which is wonderful if that's your if that's what works for you then that becomes your little ritual mm-hmm. yeah if you're like me forget about it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my wife too i mean she it's funny because there's been some nights um where she particularly when she gets like a new book that she's been waiting for it to come out mm-hmm. and it comes out and then she just starts consuming that thing uh and it's four o'clock in the morning and i see her still propped up next to me as I like roll over and I'm just like, you really need to put that thing down and go to sleep because <laughs> it is going to be really hard in the morning and then, oh, a couple hours away from now. So, right. okay, but it's so good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it is. It'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I relate. I can relate. Yeah. Um, these are all really great tips based on very fascinating research. Um, uh, this is the stuff I love. I love doing this. Um, uh, any parting thoughts, Noel, on the importance of getting a good night's sleep or any tips on how to make that happen or did we pretty much cover it? we've gone over yeah. the tips, but I think that it is important to come back full circle and remember that the reason we're talking about getting a good night's sleep is in order to improve your relationship, meaning – don't let stupid stuff get in the way of a perfectly good relationship. Mm. And not getting a good night's sleep is, in my mind, a stupid stuff. It, I, I will say this. I know um, it's taken a while but because I know I have my – and we talked about this. Each individual has the amount of sleep that they need. And I know that I don't need a lot of sleep, um, but mm-hmm. I also – I'm a good sleeper. So when I go to sleep uh, – it, I don't need a lot of hours, but I need deep sleep, and I usually get it. So as long as I get just a, a, a few hours of really good deep sleep, I'm good. Um, and But I know my wife is, is different than me, and I know if she doesn't get her sleep, um, it, it's, it, it's different for her than me. And so mm-hmm. it's it's taken a while, but I've come around to the fact like, oh, you know what? If, she, if I really just let her get her the sleep that she needs – uh, mm-hmm. it, it, everything else is so much better. 
Um, right. and, and I think it plays into exactly what this researcher was talking about. Um, she, she's more positive. She's, she's got more energy, like everything that goes along with sure. a good night's sleep. Sure. And it is, as you said, and, and, you know, our listeners really need to key into this part. It's an individual thing. Yeah. You may only need, you know, four or five hours. Your spouse may need nine. Neither of you is right or wrong. Yeah. It's just what your body needs. I think it's tough to – this was actually one of those things that my wife and I had to have a, a, a real like sit-down conversation about because it was like, well, let's go to bed together, except that she wanted to go to bed like four hours before I wanted to go to bed. <laughs> and I was like, I I can't do that. I mean – like I'm going to sit in bed and then I'm going to keep you awake and which was usually what ha- would happen is she was like okay like turn out your light let's let's go to sleep now and I'm like I I can't I like I just can't go to sleep right now I need I my my brain's still going for the next couple hours and then I would keep her up and you know and so we yep. finally came to the agreement of like okay well <laughs> we're both happier if I just go to bed when I'm tired you go to bed when you're tired and and just mm-hmm. kind of work it out that way and it's Ever since we made that little switch, it's been it's been great. That's excellent. Yeah, that's and excellent. Not to say that there aren't some nights that we don't go to bed at the same time. Uh, particularly on the, it's usually on the weekends though, when she stays up later than mm-hmm. on, during the weekdays. So anyways, mm-hmm. that was a lot of mm-hmm. our bedroom talk. <laughs> yeah, but the be- the bottom line is, and what's helpful, I think, for for those who are listening to us, is to talk it through with your spouse. Yeah. It's okay. There's no right or wrong here. There's just what works. Well, I think I I think you know one of the reasons I brought that up too is because we are given these images of what you like what a marriage is or what it's supposed to be, um, and which is you know uh, those old timey shows where you know the couple walks into the bedroom, they flip out the light, they kiss each other goodnight, and poof, that's that's what marriage is, and it's. It's not that it's not always that way. Um, you know, some people it is like that, but other people it's not and that is okay. And I think Absolutely. that's all I was trying to demonstrate. Yep. Well put. Um well, uh, like I said, Noel, another uh, truly fascinating uh podcast topic. Um so I want to thank you very much for your time and insight. So thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> um, before you guys uh, tune out, I want to uh, remind you, you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many best-selling books. Her latest one out is Got a Bad Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work. It is available for Kindle readers, which, uh, you know, obviously you can read it on a Kindle, uh, but you can also download the Kindle app for free on iPhones, Android, Windows phones, all those devices, and, and get it through that. Um, it, it, if, you've, if you've never read one of Noel's books, I highly recommend it. Um, just like this podcast, uh, this episode takes a... Uh, you know, some recent study that came out and breaks it down and, and makes sense of it and offers, um, you know, actionable advice and tips. That's that's how a lot of her books uh, read, um, and this one's no different. So I highly recommend this book, um, particularly if you're unhappy in the workplace, uh, which could also uh, cause stress in the marriage. Um, if you're looking for something more of the relationship side, uh, sh- her other recent relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful. Uh, there's also Dangerous Relationships. You can get more uh, about her work at her website, noellenelson.com, 
which has also been redesigned, so check that out. Uh, you can follow Noelle on Twitter, at Dr. Noelle Nelson. She is on Google+. Plus. Um, she is on Facebook. Uh, of course, all this information is on Hitched. That's hitchedmag.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Google+. And uh, great news, we have just been approved by Google to have a vanity URL. Uh, so if you are trying to find us, it, you can now find us at plus.google.com slash plushitchedmag. I know that's kind of a mouthful, but it's it's the regular Google Plus, except at the end of it, it's plus the plus symbol hitched mag. So it's a little bit easier to read than that. Remember than that, you know, 50-digit number you had before. So, anyways, uh, if you have any questions you would ta- or topics you'd like us to cover, please uh, shoot us an email. There's a email button on the podcast page. Uh, if you like what you've listened to, uh, please uh, let others know by giving us a rating on uh, the iTunes app or on the Stitcher app, uh, which you can listen to this podcast for for free. Um, and uh, I think that'll do it for us this week. Um, I hope you guys get some good night's sleep. The holidays are just around the corner, which makes it really important. And uh, until next time, thank you one last time, Noel. Always a great time talking with you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, that's going to do it. Uh, take care, everybody.